Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong Strong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a very, very special guest for this episode, none other than the great Laura Ingram. You know Laura Ingram from the Ingram Angle on Fox News, always speaking the truth, fearless, uh, independent-minded, which I deeply respect. I love people like that. I love people like her. So I, I got to tell you, it's an honor to, to have her a guest as a guest on the show. Uh, you know her from TV. She previously was a nationally syndicated radio show, The Laura Ingram Show. And also before her media days, she worked as a speechwriter in the Reagan administration in the late 1980s. You know, she went on to get her law degree. She worked as a judicial clerk in the Second Court of Appeals in New York, then for the United States Supreme Court uh, for Justice Clarence Thomas. So she's lived a, an interesting life, obviously accomplished a, a great deal. But I think most importantly, she's fearless and she's brave. I originally wanted to have her on to, to talk about life and to talk about some of that you know really interesting work experience she had and how she got into media and all those sorts of things. And then the FBI decided to raid Trump, right? And the, the country got turned upside down and... My plans got turned upside down for the things I wanted to discuss. So now we're going to talk about that, the impact it has on the country. We'll get into other things, too. But, you know, primarily just sort of talk about the direction this nation is heading in. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know it's an honor for me. Uh, big fan of Laura Ingram. I'm sure you are, too. So here she is, Laura Ingram. <laughs> We've got a, a big show today, uh, a big week, obviously a lot happening in the country. Uh, the great Laura Ingram is joining us. You know, Laura, I originally wanted to talk about life because you're a badass and I admire and respect you. But then the, oh, but, yeah. then the F, but then the but then the no I do but, but then the FBI raided Trump so uh, you know now we're here Laura and it, it it feels like the country is forever changed and we have uncertain times ahead. Uh, I think. Lisa, we have arrived at the at the proverbial Rubicon, and you know, if people know their history, uh, that wasn't good. I mean, we, people think, oh, we're at the Rubicon. It's a new frontier. No, this 
I think does so much to undermine what Americans need to believe about their government, namely that the government exists to make their lives better. It doesn't exist to turn them into enemies. It doesn't exist to to vanquish political opponents. It actually is supposed to work for us. And if we begin to lose faith in our law enforcement and our federal investigative services, to the extent that I think so many people are losing it now, you know, to quote Newt Gingrich uh, on the Ingram angle uh, this week, he said, we're at the precipice. I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say we're at the precipice now because we know already, Lisa, that these forces on the left don't like the Constitution. They're not interested in, in the framers. They think the framers are a bunch of racists. And everything about America that has kind of held us together for 250 years, they think is inherently corrupt. Uh, and so they don't care if people don't believe the FBI is, is operating in good faith. They don't, they don't care if people think the Justice Department is, is essentially the Praetorian Guard for a, a failing administration. They don't care about any of that because they think the system itself is fatally flawed. They, they would much prefer, and I say they, sort of the, the elites who have, have helped build up China all these years and let our military deteriorate over all these years, they, they would far prefer America to be run under a global understanding where, where all the big decisions are made elsewhere by people we don't vote for and by people who don't really have much respect for what the American experiment was really all about. So, so it doesn't surprise me that they would go this low and degrade our system to the, to the extent that they are because the people who are really pulling the levers of power now, they don't like our system. They, they think it's corrupt and they think it's, it itself needs to be smashed and reformed and remade into something that's much less accountable to the people who, who they believe are also corrupt and racist. Um, so I think that's really the conundrum that we're facing is a, is a ruling class that has no respect for our foundational documents or, uh, you know, our, our entire framework of, of, existence and liberty for the people and securing liberty for the people they don't like that and that 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 kind of system gave us donald trump in 2016 and you know has propelled ron DeSantis to embarrass all these other governors who kept their states closed so uh, i think i think americans overwhelmingly want things to get better i think they overwhelmingly want things to go back to quote normal um the new normal that we see we see uh, playing out since the pandemic. You know, we all now see the truth about that. I mean, some of us saw it early on, but you know, that's all right. Better late later than never. But people want to return to normalcy of a government they can uh, they don't necessarily will trust, but they they think is not purely existing to make their lives miserable. Uh, and I think that's what we're gonna we're going to see play out in these election cycles coming up. And how does a nation survive in, in the environment that you laid out when you have half of the country, the people on the left undermining our institutions, not believing in our institutions, you know, not believing in the documents that created this nation and created the framework for the nation? Yeah, how does a nation survive in that environment? Well, I think the, the only way we can, the only way we've ever gotten through every incredibly difficult situation, whether it was the Great Depression or 
civil rights struggle or you know the civil war or, i mean we have to as a people decide that we aren't going to tolerate a certain type of leader that we're going to we're going to encourage and support those leaders who actually respect the people and i and i think you see signs of that happening i mean there i think there're too many conservatives out there and not just conservatives but other people who say oh we're going to hell in a handbasket there's no turning back it's all lost all hope is lost I mean, nobody wants to follow that that mindset. It, Reagan came in in 1980 in an environment that was so broken for America. I mean, we had our our embassy held hostage. We had we had Iran erupting. We had the Soviet Union uh, still threatening us. Uh, we had a massive uh, economic disaster on our hands, and we had we had a a complete decline in patriotism and a, and a lack of respect for our military. I mean, across the board in 1979 and 1978, 79, going into 1980, America was in a huge mess. We had terrible crime. Cities were a mess. And we so I, I believe this comes from the people and that finally people get fed up and they propel someone like Reagan. But remember, Reagan lost in 1976. He lost the nomination in 76, not by a lot, but he, he began to put together his framework all the way back in 1964 when the, the, the really all hope was lost for the conservative movement. Talk about depressing back in 64. And so we have to understand that things didn't get screwed up overnight and they're not going to get fixed overnight. This is going to take an enormous amount of work. But I think it's possible. I mean, I just think there's so many uh, amazing young leaders out there from whether it's Josh Hawley or Tom Cotton or DeSantis, obviously people like Christy Nome and, um, you know, all the great political leadership we've seen in Texas, with Greg Abbott. And uh, so I, I think there's a lot of hope. And I think I think we're seeing this kind of begin to bubble up in the younger people winning these primaries you know some of them won't win some of them will win but these are people who are you know <laughs> these are hispanics these are african-americans these are these are moms uh young uh, business people who've just decided you know something i'm not going to sit on the sidelines i'm going to get involved and i think that's surprising the democrats right now i think that's shocking them uh, of how Republicans have really thrown off the, the cloak of the old establishment that failed us for, for decades and have began, begun to really embrace this more populist uh, conservatism that, you know, that Trump smartly grabbed onto and rode all the way to the presidency in uh, 2016. So I think there's a lot of hope, but it's going to take a lot of work. Well, you, of course, were a speechwriter uh, during the Reagan administration. But to your point, I believe that's why they're they're cracking down, because you are sort of seeing this uprising, really not just in the United States, but around the world, the people standing up to their government saying this is enough. COVID really accelerated the rise of authoritarianism in the West. And I, and I, and I think it's opened some eyes. I was interested to see, Laura, I'm sure you you of Andrew Cuomo the guy who uh, killed elderly people, then covered it up, saying that, whoa, 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 this is a, a bridge too far. It must be more than a search for inconsequential archives or it'll be viewed as a political tactic. So even seeing someone like him as corrupt as he is saying that this is corrupt. Yeah, I think that Democrats who've kind of um, been around politics for a long time should 
be very careful about what they're saying about this uh, search warrant. I mean, I saw Chuck Schumer didn't say anything. He didn't want to get dragged into it. Bernie Sanders didn't say anything. Now, maybe that's just a political tactic. I don't know. But I got to say, I mean, to, to drop a warrant on a former president of the United States, and the guy who's probably going to be the party's nominee in 2024, man, you better... You better have like espionage or something like that. That's just something we, that's just something, speaking of norms that they supposedly are so worried about protecting, that is something we do not do. We do not do that as a country. And they decided to go there. I, I think, Lisa, you're right. They're very worried about Trump winning again because I kind of joke and I say, I say, Trump comes back, is going to be no more Mr. Nice Guy. I, mean, I kind of joke about that, but. Because he, he now has, he's learned, I would think, that he's learned that you have to have great staff, which I think he actually did have at the end. He might not, he might not agree with that, but I actually think he really did have good staff, especially at the end. You have to have great staff, and you have to hit the ground running, because the, the, the swamp will eat you up. And, the, and this lionizing of the, of the military leadership, which he did, and I talked about this a lot this week, the lionizing of the generals, just because someone's called a general doesn't doesn't it doesn't mean that this is someone who you have to think is right on every single issue in fact these generals have been brought up through the ranks of political correctness and diversity equity inclusion and most of them are just worried about the defense contractor board that they're going to land on in five years so trump i think has had his eyes opened about the truth of the bureaucracy the truth about the pentagon the failures there for, for decades and decades, we haven't won a war outright. Why is that? Why don't we ever ask for accountability on that? And so I think Trump wins this time, Lisa, and he's not going to talk about draining the swamp. He's going to drain the swamp. You talk about you talk about terrifying for them. Yeah, that's going to be terrifying. So I think I think they they pulled out all the stops because. Aviator sunglasses man ain't going to beat him next time. Well, yeah, I mean, he rolled the curtain back on how corrupt and broken our government truly is. I think it opened a lot of eyes. He opened my my eyes for sure, really changed my thinking on a lot of things politically. But ultimately, isn't this about the criminalization of free speech and wrong think? Oh, yeah, I think this is one big intimidation play. And I think the way they handled January 6th, I said it, I think the first week after the you know, after the riot at the Capitol, that this was going to be used as a way to surveil justification for more surveillance, monitoring, intimidation. Uh, you saw what Justice Department did with this domestic terror unit and expanding what qu actually qualifies as domestic terror. Uh, so I think they, they want Americans to think twice before they show up at a rally or before they post online. Uh, before they open up a Christian school, uh, you know, before they go to a you know gun safety class. I mean, I, I I honestly think their their goal here is to make the average American compli compliant and 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 worried and with good and with good reason. I mean, when you when you're trying to criminalize parents at school board meetings and call that and, and tackle a father who's who's whose daughter was raped in a bathroom. I mean, as you saw in that Loudoun County uh, video that I think changed the whole course of the gubernatorial race in, in Virginia. I mean, this is Gestapo stuff. This is, 
this is stuff that, you know, when I lived in the Soviet Union, when I was a student uh, back at, at Dartmouth, I mean, I saw that stuff in the Soviet Union. We were, we were scared about who we talked to when we were there because we knew we were being watched. And without getting too conspiratorial, I mean, how, how much farther down the road do we have to get before we approach that territory? I mean, I'm pretty fully convinced that we're probably all monitored to some degree, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just if, if you're, you know, if we're being honest about it, uh, they're, they're probably tracking us. But, uh, you know, where are Republicans like Mitch McConnell? I think he truly is stunned that the party has already left him. I, I, I honestly think he really can't believe that the party is not his party anymore doesn't matter if he's called Senate Majority Leader. The people aren't with him. And I think it took him a while to grudgingly admit it, obviously, in the aftermath of this raid on, on Trump. I think he was thinking Trump was finished. Trump was you know, murmuring about coming back. But I mean, come on, wait, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump, I mean, the, the, the old guard knows what's best for the people on um, trade and immigration and government spending and and I think he was truly shocked when, after he was outmaneuvered on that climate change bill, uh, that the reaction to the Trump raid was unify the party around the guy who has the America first agenda, not around the guy who's allowed government to grow and who has never met a defense authorization that he doesn't like, which is Mitch McConnell. So I think I think he truly was shocked about that. And he was shamed into coming out and making the most flaccid of statements about this raid, about, oh, well, well we, we expect the, uh, the, the Justice Department has to be very transparent about this. Well, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. They have to be transparent about it. But it took him, you know, a full 24 hours to make any statement that he was only he was shamed into making that statement about the raid. But again, it was a weak statement. So I think he's, I think he's shocked. I think if they, if, you know, it's unlikely that they're going to win the Senate, at least if the races were held today, the Republicans shockingly might not win the Senate back. But if they did win the Senate back, Mitch McConnell's, you know, position as majority leader isn't a sure thing. That's for sure. Speaking of that, what it, what impact do you think this has on the electorate heading into the midterms? Uh, well, the raid, I think, unifies the party. I think it, it, it has the danger of it has the danger of also stoking Democrat turnout because Trump's out there again and maybe he'll announce he's running for president again. And the concern is that they hate him so much that you know, their people were going to turn out on Moss as well. But I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really torn on, on, and I don't know if I'll have a great answer to this, Lisa, because it's a tricky situation given how precarious people's personal budgets are right now. I mean, most people are digging into their savings at, at the middle income levels because their salaries aren't keeping up with inflation. I mean, somehow today they, they crowed about how, oh, inflation's only 8.5%. They're celebrating yeah. that. Well, was it, what were they celebrating? Yeah. Like pennies off of gas prices, and they, you know, right. like they're everyone's right. paying double, yeah. but so, it's like, oh, you saved twenty cents right. or whatever. Yeah, it's a great point. So I think that be, the media will continue to try to resurrect, I should say, resuscitate um, Biden Biden's performance. Look, he's got these wins, and oh, God, climate change. We got the we got the chip bill, but 
celebrating wins on their own because they they were bills were passed that doesn't translate into a better life for the average american so we'll see how this all plays out i tend to believe that it's going to make energy more expensive and imports of various component parts of solar panels everything more more prevalent um i don't think it's going to do much to certainly raise the standard of living of the average american so i i think their celebration or their attempt to burnish the Biden record or turn around his momentum. I think that's premature, but that's kind of all they have is spin. I don't think it necessarily means that people in November are going to say, oh God, I want more of this. This has been fun. This has been great. Like, let's go out and vote for that guy when they, you know, we haven't even talked about the border, but I think the immigration is under, under polled as a concern for people. Um, but I think when the school year starts, we're going to have a we're going to have we're going to have uh, a lot more concerned parents out there. Well, it, it is hilarious that uh, you've got people like Eric Adams, you've got Democrats who are saying, oh, you know, diversity is our strength, you know, let them come in. We, we need to take all of them. And then the second buses start showing up to New York City, they're like, oh, this is going to overwhelm our schools, overwhelm our health care. And it's like as Republicans, we're like, we've been saying this like that's the whole point. Welcome to the club. I think you're right. And I think, again, I think people people conflate Trump with with people's overall sense of, of happiness in the country. I mean, I, you know, Donald Trump's been a friend of mine for 25 years and I, I and I, I'm always very open about this on my, on my show, but you know, we'll see whether that's what the country wants. I mean, what is the country country? I think is so exhausted. Uh, they're exhausted by the battle. Uh, the constant battle that they they may believe that well maybe it's time to turn the page if we can get someone who has all trump's policies who's not trump uh right so the other concern though and I'm, i don't have a position on this one way or another but the other problem is is that it's really not about trump right this is about the views that trump now brought to the fore for the republican party they, they don't they don't like his views they don't like the fact that he called out the military for their failures that he wanted us to pull out of iraq and afghanistan that he wanted to treat china and our trade relationship with china in a in a much i mean it was smarter but much different way than the globalists preferred and they certainly didn't like the fact that he sent all those illegal immigrants back to mexico without remain in mexico i mean they don't they think borders are immoral they think uh, they owning, you know, owning big SUVs is immoral. They think eating too much beef is immoral. Having air conditioning is immoral. These people think that the American way of life is immoral. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter in the end, whether it's Trump making a populist conservative points or whether it's DeSantis or someone like him, they're going to come full bore against any Republican. Even an establishment one, they saw what they did to Romney. Romney was a caricature of Thurston Howell III by the time they got done with him back in 2012. So, yeah, Trump is a is a is a placeholder right now for the ire and fury of the left. But anyone who steps into that breach is going to find the same find the same pain being thrust at him or her. Quick commercial break. Back with the great Laura Ingram on the other side.
We talked a little bit about the economic climate right now in the country. It, my viewpoint is they, they want Americans impoverished, right? Like the whole point of the green agenda is to push people to more government control. The poorer people are, the less they have, the more reliant upon the federal government they are. Well, I think the more people are relying on the federal government, the less freedom they they ultimately have to change their own destiny. And I think the left prefers things like lockdowns because then people can't move and pollute the planet. They can't, they don't think for themselves. The government tells them when they can travel, when they can go to church, when they can, you know, go to the store. They, the, the left loves making decisions for the people. They don't want the people to have the power. And that's why the lockdowns were so damaging to our national psyche, to our, to our way of life, to, the way people think about life. You know, when you see people walking around in two and three masks still, you, you know this has had a profound effect on the American, you know, American people. I mean, it's terrifying. Thank God we had these red state governors who basically, you know, flipped the bird to the, uh, to the feds and to the, and to the blue states and said, we're not staying closed. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's, thank God we had the red states. Otherwise, I don't know where our economy would be today. I mean, I moved down to, to Florida for that reason of leaving New York, wanting freedom. You know, so smart. Well, so smart I, of you. I love it, Laura. I mean, it's like life has just been so great here. I don't I don't miss right. New York at all, to be honest. It, it's It's been lovely. No, New York's sadly one of the great cities has turned into a crime ridden hellhole. It's gone back. It's so New York has gone back to what it was in the 80s and 70s. And, and after Giuliani, wrote, they cleaned it up. Now it's going back. And the rents are still high. Everything's still expensive. And, you know, the left got their way because now a lot of people have moved out. And so the subway ridership is down 30%. Meaning, meaning what? Meaning more, more, the public public structures that they love so much are crumbling. So when you don't have money to, to you, when you don't have people going into the city to work, then the cities start to decay. So that's the, that's the flip side of there. Oh, isn't it great? Remote work. Everyone's at home. No one's going in the office. Okay. Well, you tell, let's see what the cities are looking like in five years. Let's see. Let's see how they look. Do you think Americans are now connecting the dots and the correlation, as you mentioned, you know, the, the bigger the centralized government, the bigger the government, the more problems we have, the worse off we are as citizens. Do you think people are finally drawing, you know, that correlation after COVID? I think more are. And it's going to take a continued effort to educate, entertain, and inspire the voters uh, to seal that message. And again, people forget that Reagan campaigned in all 50 states. I believe it was all, almost all 50 states. And he, he finished up his campaign in 1980. I believe it was in the Bronx. So he went everywhere. It was a different world, obviously, and we didn't have social media and all of everything that we have now. But I, I maintain that these, this populist movement has to be a 50-state movement. There's no reason that we should have 12, you know, Democrats in New England in the U.S. Senate. Even if, even, if they're, even if sometimes they're called Republicans, they act like Democrats. There's no reason for that. I mean, these are great states. I grew up in Connecticut. It's a beautiful state. So it's not going to happen overnight. I'll say that again, but I really believe that our motto should be no state left behind. 
no city left behind. You know, we love this country. We love every aspect of the country. And we refuse to give up on St. Louis, on Chicago, on Oakland, on Hartford. We, 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 we're not going to give up on you. The, the, the left has given up on you. They use you. We're not going to do that for you. Here's a better way. And I think, I think the more we sell that message and, and, not, and be unafraid, it's easy to say, but we really have to be unafraid. Oh, they're going to protest you. Of course they're going to protest. They're going to hate you. Of course they're going to hate you. They're going to call you a racist. Absolutely, we'll call you a racist. Now what? So that, that's how I think we have to approach all this. And I think that's the point. I mean, Republicans just need they need to stop looking for a pat on the head from the liberal media. Understand oh. that we're all going to be we're all going to be smeared. We're going to be labeled. We all have. But, yep. you know, I do think part of the path forward is through the states. I mean, we've got 23 GOP states with trifecta governments. If every governor in those states bucked up in the way that Governor DeSantis has, the federal government wouldn't have as much of an impact on their lives. Yeah, I mean, most most governance happens at the state level and the local level. Uh, that's why I think you're seeing more people run for school board and uh, more people are getting involved than I've ever seen from a wide you know, range of American society. And I think that's that's good. But we, we do have to remember the states is where most of it happens. And we can't we can't we can't just throw up our hands and say, oh, California is lost forever. No, it isn't. Not lost forever. It, it, look at what they've done to California. You think people want to live that way? I don't think so. But they they do have a party machine that that, that, that churns out votes every you know every two years, and we have to build back our our machine there. We used to have a party machine there. Where is it? So I think I think if people believe that immigrants came to this country just to live at the poverty line, I don't think you're really understanding politics too well. I think people. For the most part, I'm not talking about the drug dealers and the human traffickers, but most immigrants who've come here to this country in the last 20 years, they came here because they want a better life. And in and, and the life that they're consigned to with, with just, you know, the, 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 the minimum that the government will provide you in the, quote, safety net, that's not much. And I think... We, we say stop. it's time to stop demonizing rich people and start telling everyone, if you work hard, you can be rich, too. And free. And I think that's I mean, look, I, I want to be rich. I'd love to be rich, but I want everyone else to be rich, too. You know, the, the left wants to be rich and then drag everyone else down and, and make it impossible for them to also get ahead. You know, Laura, is there anything you know, it really does feel like this upcoming midterm election is sort of a make or break moment for the country. But is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we go? I think um, all of us in, in times that seem you know, so turbulent and everything seems like it's operating on a knife's edge. I, I do think and this sounds like cliche, I know, but everybody has to take the time to just be with their friends and their family without a political moment, you know, without a without politics tinging every aspect of our conversation. Life goes by really fast, really, really fast. So everybody, to the extent that you can t take, even if it's a, an afternoon or an hour, take time away from devices and, and screens and really be together and, 
and pray regularly. If you if you're a believer, pray. I mean, sometimes we say we are believers that they don't we don't really listen to what God's telling us, and I'm guilty of that. Um, so I'm really speaking to myself here, but step away from the the chaos of 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 life and and take those moments to really count your blessings and be grateful for everything that we have in this country and all those who sacrificed for us. And then you can you know pick yourself back up and you know get back to work, whatever your work is, do a great job and. And, and really try to love each other a lot more. And it's not easy when you, when you really dislike someone. I always tell my kids when someone you know, fights with them or says something, I said, pray for them. It's easy to like the people who are, who are good to you. It's hard to uh, pray for the people who are not so good to you. So I guess that's my sappy way to, to close out. Well, and that means we're praying for a lot of people right now. You bet. It's a big list, Lisa. Very big list. It's a long list, Laura. So we got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Laura Ingram, it's an honor. I I really respect you. I respect your voice. And it's just an honor to have you on the show. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Congrats on the podcast. Can't wait to come back and come on TV soon. Love it, it, Laura. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, Lisa. Bye-bye. Cool. I've always been a huge fan of Laura Ingram. I, I love people who are independently minded, who fight for what they believe, who are strong in their opinions, and that's Laura. So very cool for her to join the show. Uh, it truly was an honor to have her on. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you do, please leave us a review on Apple. You know, give us five stars, rate us, leave us a review. We, we always appreciate the feedback. Uh, It's just helpful to know what you think. Uh, I also want to thank my executive producer, John Cassio, for always working hard to put the show together every Monday, every Thursday. But you can also listen throughout the week. The Truth with Lisa Booth. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.